Kings and queens, what's going on? And welcome back to another episode of Kicking It With K. Listen, if you guys tuned in last week to part one of Validation versus The Village with my co-host Keisha, then you are ready for part two of this conversation. Listen, if you have not heard part one, I would encourage you to go and listen to it before listening to this one. But hey, let's go ahead and jump into the conversation. Conversation and let's get it started. So, to so it's hard to tell somebody how you can't feel inadequate uh, when somebody when somebody you look up to hurt you, but you do have to allow yourself to go through that pain and then play out that scenario. Cause right. today I can talk confident and talk about how badass I was then, but I didn't see that yeah. in 2016. So what, what was the thing that clicked for you after you even went through all of that? And now you're here today with everything that you got going on being that boss, like I said, from the beginning, <laughs> what was that thing that really clicked for you to know that, you know what, even though this person that I called, uh, mentor or the people that I thought I had in my corner that I looked up to to try to make it through this business aspect or whatever it is didn't pretty much have your back in it or just like brush you off to the side right what was the clicking moment to be like you know what it don't even matter what you say because I got this so Cosmo Profs 2016, right? So, um, I had the kids, you know, I had, had my kids. Yeah. And um, 2018 came, and my children start saying, Mom, you told us you had this great opportunity for Curlis to go into Walmart. What happened? Like, what? when you going to put it in the store, right? And I was like, I don't know. And I was like, Ma, the product is good. We that's all we use. Da, 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 da. And I was like, I don't know, you know. And then Megan said, Mom, you always tell us to follow our dream, but you're not following yours. Mm. It was my child. And when she said that, I literally was like, you know, I looked it to the side, kind of caught my head to the side, and I was like, Yeah, you're right. But as cliche as that sound, I went to my room later on that night. And I start pulling out all my notebooks because I keep journals. You know, one of the things I do is I, if I have a thought, I got to write it down. Yeah. And so I looked at one of my journals and ironically, I had bought the, my very first My Taught You by Malik because mm-hmm. again, I was a super fan and she had a journal and it was called My Taught You. And it was really, she gave you a couple pages of some advice. The rest of it was just blank pages. But I will always write down notes. And I had all these great ideas. I'm talking about working with college campuses, doing a college tour, uh, creating um, like a college curl box, you know, curl ups box yeah. uh, specifically for college students. Um, and I said, man, like, God, I had awesome ideas for my brand. And then I was like, you know what? I'm, I will not be defeated. You know what I'm saying? Like, I am going to get back up one step and stone at a time. I'm not going to rush it. I'm going to really dive deep into my brand. So then I started Googling my brand, right? Like, 
Because I never did that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, everybody say, don't, you know, Google yourself. Google yourself. I never did that because I used to be so afraid that I would see something bad. So I started Googling. I was like, where was I? What was I doing then? So yeah. I typed in Curl Looks Naturals one day and the reviews was like, I love this brand. I did. I love it. And I love this. And then I, I was featured in blogs that I didn't even know I was featured in. Um, you know, people was writing about great styling agents, great gelling agents, great shampoos and what they do for your hair and which product. You know how like, they talk about a certain ingredient yeah. and they'll say the top five brands that work with this ingredient. I had so many articles in Naturally Curly and other companies that talked about curl up snatchers that I didn't even realize because I never Googled. Yeah. And I was like, I was the sugar honey iced tea. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so I was like, I, I, if I did it then, I can do it now. Right? And so then um, recently, I was featured in Beauty Independent and I got featured because the CEO saw me on LinkedIn and she had been following me. If I say something, she'll like a post. And she finally said to me one day, she said, I like you. Uh, again, it's about your personality. People buy people. Mm. I don't care. Number, they don't really care about the product. They care about the person. Yeah. And she was like, I be seeing you on LinkedIn. And I just really love your your energy. And she said, if you ever, ever. Now, this was the editor, the senior, the, like the editor of the magazine. Um, she was like, editor-in-chief, I'm sorry. She was like, Email me. I don't care what it is. And I sat on that email for two weeks. I was like, I ain't got nothing going on. I'm still trying to get back in the game. You know, right. I ain't got nothing going on. So I, I emailed her one night. I was taking a long soaking bath. And I emailed her. It was in the, like 9 o'clock that night. And I just ran down my whole story. What happened? What What's going on? The start and finish. What's going yeah. on? And she, I hit seeing. Two minutes later. She was like, let's set up an appointment for me to give you a call and we're going to have a phone interview. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't think you're the editor-in-chief. Mm-hmm. God, what you doing up? <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to be asleep. What you doing? Yeah. And so, so, she responded and she told my story. It was supposed to come out on Mother's Day, but it came out shortly thereafter. My story was picked for um, the editor's pick of the week. Um, and from that, I gained a mentor. Now, here's the funny part. Here I am talking about my Lee Till CEO of Curlbox is my mentor. And I actually picked up the senior vice president of Diva Curl, who has had his brand acquired not once but twice, who's now sitting on stacks of money. Uh, just being a consultant for other people who charge people X amount of dollars. I don't even want to charge you, Anikisha. I just wow. want to be a great connect. Yeah. I just want to see you win. And however I gotta do that. If I got your I got his personal cell phone number. We text. How you doing? What you got going on? Let me know. I got I got a project I gotta work on. I can't say too much about, but I'm working on a project. Yeah. You know, like however I gotta help you win. I just want to see you win. Shortly thereafter, somebody reached out who is an investor in black-owned brands and come to find out she shared the same story as my children and was like, had it not been for her parents, she don't know where she would have been. And so, um, I want to help you. And it just kind of went from there. Um, So, while I'm working on the curl-up side of things, 
you know, pandemic happened. I'm, I have ADD a little bit. So I was like, <laughs> I can't just sit on hair care. I, I want to do something else. Right. And out of that, I birthed Pretty Lux Company, which is a self-care oasis where I have skincare, handmade soaps. Um, it's going to have uh, bath truffles, bath balls, body butters. And of course, candles. And I want to keep it natural, clean as possible, organic as possible. But all of that started from my children. Like all what you're seeing happening in 2021, and it actually kind of started in 2020, is coming from my kids. Like they saw something in me. People see greatness in you that you don't sometimes see in yourself. And so we give the wrong people the validation and the say so over our life. If this person tell us no, we we hang on to that no more than we hang on to the yes. Yeah, it's hard to say. It's easy to be like, oh, mama, you always going to say that. Oh, yeah, you're my child. You're supposed to say that. But those are the people who see you. Right. You know, Kevin always say great things about me. And I'm like, oh, Kevin, you're just my friend. And then somebody else can come and say the same thing. He's like, I've been told you that, Keisha. Oh, I had to be a millionaire to tell you that. No, you didn't have to be that. But, you know, I expect that from my friend. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. These people don't know me. So they're picking up my energy through phones and Zoom meetings, you know? And so, um, but right in my face, the turning point for me was my children. And then I developed this. I have always had it, but I just had to go ahead and unleash, unleash the... I don't care to be validated by you no more attitude. Yeah. And so I, once I got to the point where I don't care about what other people in this beauty industry say about Keisha or curl looks or whatever I got going on, I'm going to walk my path. Then I became unstoppable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I didn't care. And, and there's people who would never buy my brand. Cause they just don't, they might not like me, but I don't care. That's, like that's like the loaf of bread out. You might not like Captain John's. You'll go ahead and get your little honey weed from Nature's Own. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for me, I got to a point where I no longer care about being validated anymore. I don't. And so that's why I said, well, what happens when people stop being, stop caring about being validated? I, I got to that point, but I met in my thirties when I got to that point. I hate to see kids no longer care about being validated because mm-hmm. you need to, you know, get your grades up and go move forward. So it's like, what happens? When is the right time to no longer feel validated? Or when is the right time? Or is it validation when you're just trying to guide somebody in the right direction? So it's like I said before, like in the very beginning, validation is very broad, but when you no longer seek it and you're seeking it for the, no longer seeking it for the right reasons, yeah. that matters. When I let one person's opinion really put me down, I, and I think about how stupid it was now. Like, Kish, did you not see all that greatness you had? Mm-hmm. You didn't even have to pitch. <laughs> like, I'm getting ready to do a pitch competition for downtown making for a pretty Lux company. And I'm thinking, I ain't never had to pitch. I've never had to pitch Curl Ups. I just had to present my, pro- my product, tell them what I'm working on. And in my mind, I ain't pitch. Because I'm, I'm passionate about my stuff. Yeah. It's my art. And I'm sensitive about it. Come on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so when you ask me about curl, I'm going to run it down. You yeah. ask me about pretty less, I'm telling you my vision for that store and what I want to bring to make it. So I'm not pitching. I'm just talking. Yeah. But all that talking sold. So my brand of Walmart. I still have the buyer in my phone. In fact, she texted me uh, about a week ago. So I so when I when I tell people like my biggest flex is that everybody said, Well put your product here, put your product there. I can. I got their phone number if I want to. Yeah. I can call her and say, Hey, I'm ready. Where can I start? Can I do Walmart online? Can I do 
you know, Target online. But I don't. But honestly, even that was a seeking validation because it's like, oh, I want to be in a big box store until you realize how much of your margin mm-hmm. is really eating up in a big box store. So that's where that, that MBA education come in. Yeah, I want to say I'm at Walmart, but there's certain aspects of going into a store. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah, it's great to have it, but you got to make sure you have that that margin set up. Because I have to, like, when you go to a, inside of a big box chain, you got to even pay for people stealing the product off the shelf. Mm-hmm. I don't got no control over that. And I still have to pay for that. So, you know, my initiative is different now. You know, so coming back with a clear vision, not trying to be validated. Because, again, me getting to Target and Walmart was a validation for my consumers. Oh, she's somebody because she's in Target or Walmart. Right. That brand is something because I can pick it up at Target or Walmart. But there's so many great indie beauty brands that's not on the Target shelves, that's not in Sephora, that's not in Ulta, um, by choice. Mm-hmm. Once you start realizing that those people get, you're working for them, you're really their employee in a sense, you realize that I don't, I'm, that's not the control that I wanted over my company and over my brand. There's a lot of great brands that I really feel like people should push more to uh, the beauty supply side. You know, um, if we support our local owned beauty supply stores more, Target and Walmart would have, they would have to kind of loosen up the reins on how they control our, our profit and our margins. Because yeah. everybody want to go to a beauty supply store and not to a Target or a Walmart. So it's, it's, a, it's some initiatives and stuff that I'm working on, but I've learned a lot along the way. Yeah. So even though I let it keep me down a little bit, I, I never stopped learning. I never stopped looking at the business, but I definitely got off of IG. I got off IG. I stopped following all those people. I definitely don't follow my lead teal. I don't follow any of those people that I used to seek validation from anymore. Yeah. Um, because, you know, truthfully be told, you know, I, I know the real about you now. I know who you are as a person. And I know that what people see, all the glitz, the glamour that people see on IG is fake. It's not real. It's really fake. It, it's really not the truth. Mm-hmm. Those people are just like us. They just make it pretty. And, you know, the filters are great. Yeah. The filters of life <laughs> is great. The filters of IG is great. <laughs> is you know, social media is just a filter of here's what I want to show you. I'm not going to show you the burning building behind me. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot with this generation. When y'all was talking about the blues clues, I was like, you know, this generation has so much to deal with. Um, how you got to look. I remember being 15 years old and honey, just give me the shiny lip gloss and, and, and some and the black <laughs> lip liner. And honey, that was, you were popping. Right. Now, now the eyebrows got to be filled in. Mm-hmm. Now you got to have uh, inches, bundles, okay? Now you got to have a frontal. You got to have lashes. Oh, don't forget you got to have a BBL. Your stomach got to be sculpted like an hourglass. And I used to be like, all of this to be 15? Right. You know? It's a lot that our kids have to deal with now. Um, a whole lot. It's so crazy. And so it, everything they deal with is validation. Because... Little girls want to be seen by boys. Mm-hmm. Boys want to be seen by girls, and I. And as crazy as it sounds, the better the boy, the more girls he get. As crazy as he sounds, 
So it's like, here you say, you don't need to act like that to get a girl. Yes, he do. Because that's what they're telling him yeah. he likes. I don't, you're too sweet. You're boring. We need a bad boy. And then he goes to jail and she finds another bad boy. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> and, or, you know, the new, uh, I don't want to call it new because it's always been around. Um, but now the gay culture, you know what I mean? That is another topic because so many of them are living within, especially those babies that are, um, have very religious families, uh, yes. come from very religious backgrounds. So that's a validation too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Will my family accept me for who I am? Um, and a lot of people that's religious, religious struggle with that. And I, that, that to me burns me up because that's that's not something new. It's just that it's always been hidden. Yeah. You know, someone being a homosexual has not been new. But back then, growing up with my back in my days, if you told somebody it was nasty, you were nasty, you're going to hell, or you'll get beat. I remember mm-hmm. this one boy, um, they even made a whole documentary about him. Um, I forget his name. Math- Matthew something, but Matthew got beat for being gay. He did nothing to no boys in that bar, but he got beat for being gay. And they hung him on a fence. You know what I'm saying? And he died over a couple days from his injuries. And I just think about nowadays, the kids don't have to worry about that. So everybody said, well, the society is pushing gay on them. or And so I, my question have always been, are they pushing it being gay on them or are they pushing them being themselves? Mm. How many people you've known back in your day? I mean, it, it ain't just came. I, I, right. I know a lot of people that I grew up with in middle school and elementary school that we knew. Now, you got to think about children who are not even active at that time. But, you know, this girl or this boy, mm-hmm. something's different about them. Yeah. And so, again... They couldn't tell us back then. So we didn't find out our friends were gay until they were grown. Mm-hmm. And it's different now. I don't think it's just, I don't think it's an agenda. But again, when I think about somebody like Lil Nas X, I, he's an awesome troller. I mean, he trolls the people um, and he knows how to do it and he makes his money doing so. Yeah. Um, but I think it's because, again, it's a, it's, we've talked about this on my podcast. I think it's just a slap in the face of your, I no longer care to be validated by y'all. Yeah. I no longer care about how you feel about me being who I am in this industry. I don't care. I'm going to show y'all I don't care either. So now I'm, I'm now I'm posing pregnant. We know he ain't pregnant, but the but the the artistic side of him posing pregnant was that I'm giving birth to my album, yeah. which all this time he been making mixtapes and singles. Mm-hmm. But if you are only looking at the spectrum that you want to judge him on, you're gonna only see a black man pregnant. Yeah, and not the not the artistic side behind the pregnancy. I'm giving birth to an album. Yeah. I think you you just hit something on the head too when you talk about um, <laughs> you said we only see the side that we want to judge yeah and um, that that is so true because we're always judging people if if we're not trying to if it doesn't fall on the validation part it's looking to judge uh, I think about something you said like um, a little bit ago. 
um, about how you know we post these different things and we only allow people to see what we want them to yes. see because if something come out that oh she's just common right. or whatever right. the case it gives people an outlet to judge them um, so it's just like we're still hiding um and, and posting the filters. Like That's it. You're, and it. And it doesn't have to be the beauty filters either, right? Right. It's just, I'm filtering out the bad to show you the good. Yeah. What Whatever that looks like. It could still be a no filter picture, but you filtered it. You yeah. get what I'm saying? You shuffle through that morning, you woke up to bad news, or you woke up to um no money in the bank yeah or you are <laughs> that pp loan ppp loan they coming to get you Lord. you know what i'm saying <laughs> right I, I, I had i had somebody come over my house yesterday and he confessed that he got the ppp loan and and he couldn't get the money back now he about to do six months of probation and oh he got and he got to pay 500 dollars a month back but when he posts he's posting next to his new car wow when he posts, he's dressed nicely. What you don't know behind that filter, behind that post, that's the, that's his filter. <laughs> got to pay this five. He got to pay five hundred dollars, and he on uh, probation for six months. Wow. You get what I'm saying? And, and but here's another thing: I don't have to show you anything I don't want you to know about me. That's true. I don't have to show you my life. I don't have to show you the good, the bad, or the ugly. Who are you to validate my life anyway? But what I show you, accept it and move the around. Yeah, just move around. So it's so much to that. But I will say the blues clues thing just brought it back to me because I I was looking around like why they crying? What's going on? (laughs) Right, I'm confused. (laughs) It's cute that he came back and told us he went to college and got in debt and started a family. (laughs) But I'm. I never forgot about you. We didn't forget about you either. We always wonder what happened to you. But, you know, to me, looking at it, I always say that's business. That's show business. They they will replace somebody with the quickness. So I never looked at it like, oh, we needed you to come back. But you guys really were in your fifis. Y'all was in y'all feelings. (laughs) Yeah. Y'all was in y'all feelings. And I thought, buddy. So when you and Jordan, uh, um, y'all had a great conversation. And so when y'all was talking about that and how y'all said it was something you didn't know you needed, I th- then I had to ask myself this. This is something I asked myself, and maybe uh-huh. you could ask the question, answer the question. But so you said you guys <clears throat> didn't know you needed it. So what's happening in your life that clearly there was a void, right? So right. you said you he he came and gave you back something you didn't know you need. You needed. You didn't you needed to hear that they you wasn't forgotten about. You needed to hear that somebody was still thinking about you. So then I was like, "Well, what's going on in your life? Where's that void that you needed to hear that?" Right. What's happening with the people around us? And if that's what's happening, then um how can that be rectified and fixed in your life? Because this guy really, I mean, he said it to the world. He didn't say it to just Caleb, but a lot of y'all took it like, he said it to me. Yeah. He said it to me. So what, so what we're missing, society-wise, uh, what, that, there's an emotion we're missing. Yeah. I, I think it, it definitely goes back to um, 
let's let's take it back to like even how you was talking about your students. Um, they're missing that parent, or they're missing that. I don't know what to call it. It. Uh, wait, we got something coming in from our studio audience. <laughs> guidance is that what you said? Guidance. guidance. So I. It can be that guidance as well, but it's just like, how do I word these? Is that I? I guess you can say guidance. I guess, but I, I think it still goes back to the village portion of it because, yeah. like. You know, let's say you have your your family structure to where you grow up in a two-parent household. Even if you grow up in a one-parent household. But let's say something happens and it's not explained to you why it's happening. Right. So, I think a big portion of it was that why factor um, mm. what was left out a lot growing mm-hmm. up. Especially with millennials and even generations after millennials. It's that why. I think about um, one of my mentees um when me and her talk she always asks why like Mm -hmm. if anything I say is why why it's always going to be that and I think that's the portion that's the part that has been missing Mm -hmm. out of culture because we we're so quick to cover up stuff Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. it is what it is and we're not going to talk about it anymore Mm -hmm. but I feel that you know personally wise that if stuff was really explained Mm -hmm. in detail Mm -hmm. then Maybe Lil Dave went act out the way that he do in school. Right. Maybe, you know, maybe some things would be changed. Maybe he won't talk back to his mama or be like, call her anyway, because she right. don't do nothing. Right. But, you know, that it's that why factor. Right. I, and it's so funny that you mentioned the why, because I always say that in um, my life, at, at, at school, at work, with my children, I am a I'm I raise that's why I'm very protective of how I raise my kids because I, well when I say protective how I raise them I don't like them to go a lot of places because I do raise them to give the why yeah okay you telling me because I couldn't stand this growing up uh, your parents tell you not to do something why because I said so but that ain't a good enough answer right. <laughs> Because I really don't. I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just trying to figure out why shouldn't I go to the left? Yeah. And because you won't tell me, I'm gonna sneak and go to the left. Yeah. Because now I got to see for myself. Because I got to see for myself. Because you told me no, but you didn't you explain did. to me why. There you go. Let me just go see. That's just like a child. Uh, the stove is on and the eye is hot, and you tell the child, "Don't touch it." That's it. Why you don't want me to touch it's it? It's hot. Just don't touch it. Right. Or oh, oh, I tell them it's hot. It's hot. Yeah, it's hot. What you mean it's hot? Then they touch it and get away. Oh, it's hot. I told you it was hot. <laughs> now you walk around with this bird. But guess what though? That's a lesson learned. See, I'm I'm very much so that parent. Like my goal is not to ever whoop my kids. And I used to say this all the time. When I get when I have my kids, I ain't gonna whoop them. Don't get it twisted. They get a whooping. However, before every time my children get a whooping, they get a conversation. Yeah. Um. Did did not tell you not to do X, Y, and Z? Yes, ma'am. So why did you do it? Okay. All right. So you understand that 
this is the second or third time we've had this conversation and um so the whooping you're about to get is why you're about to get yeah. it right so you know um but even in that aspect i hear them out because i want to know what they're thinking mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so my mom was like oh they always talk this stuff out of a whipping that's never my goal but i listen and i listen to them talk i listen to their reasoning because that's what i teach your i teach my students you need to know the why you need to know why you're carrying that one see when i was growing up we just said you know if you got to regroup you put the zero down you carry the one yeah. you put the three down you carry the two but i'm carrying to where you're carrying you're you're carrying it because your number base grows by ten. So you, once you have more than ten, you have to regroup to the next mm-hmm. place value. You yeah. get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So now you understand why you're doing it. So now it's just like I'm just doing it because they said it. Oh no, our numbers based system grows by ten and it decreased by ten. Right. So now I know I need to regroup because I have ten or more, and that is why you're regrouping. Now my students like. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I got 10. I need to put some over here. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Oh, when it's, and everybody know when you get the zeros, when you got to subtract, everybody hate that. Everybody hate it. But I used to just tell the story, okay? We don't have enough money over here. We got to borrow, but can I borrow from this? They don't have enough money. We don't have to come over here not to this neighbor. Yeah. And, you know, you got to equate it. You got to tell them why. Why you got to borrow from this place? Why couldn't you just take um, three from from two? Oh, because you don't have enough money. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's, just, it's literally like you have to explain the whys in the world, even if it's personal. Uh, when me and my husband was going through some issues uh, when my dad died, because that's, that's another issue. Death. Yeah. Um, and so... When we were going through it, and I was kind of like staying in my room, and I would go to a hotel every weekend um, or every other weekend, and my kids were like, "Why?" I, had, uh, as much as I wanted to say, because you know, I just need you know me time, or or really just stay out of my business because you're not your kids. Mm-hmm. I didn't give them that. I gave them, "Mommy is not feeling good right now because her dad died." And we didn't have a great relationship when he died. And I, I don't quite know how to feel right now. And everything is overwhelming me. Um, working, school, and dealing with mourning the death of my dad. Because yeah. it was so unexpected. And so it's kind of like, I just need some me time. Some time for me to think and not be a mom for the weekend. Not be a wife for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't love you, but mommy need to go and get her thoughts together yeah. and it can't be in the same house with y'all you know it can't be with your dad because as long as mommy's here you're gonna expect me to be mommy and i just need to be keisha right now yeah and my kids understood that i only had to do it two times but they understood that they understood oh mommy need her me time mm-hmm. and so now it's not like oh my mom will just leave we wouldn't even tell us we don't know what she was going with she don't know we don't know what she would do it wasn't like that yeah and so now with me opening that door my oldest you know girls are hitting puberty Megan Naomi mommy I just I need to go for a walk why I just I'm feeling moody I don't you know I'm, I'm getting my kids to explain their emotions yeah. a lot of us don't know how to talk through our feelings we don't know how to express how we're feeling we hold a lot in and so I, when I see my kids not acting their normal self we need to talk. We need to talk. You need to explain your reasoning, why your behavior is changing, what's going on, mm-hmm. how you're feeling, and then do whatever you need to do to self-care for you. Yeah. Our kids 
go through a lot in this generation. That's true. They go through a lot. They go through who they are as women, as men, who they love as women. And I say women and men because they're young men and women. They're growing mm-hmm. up. And so they're learning themselves as as children. They're, and then you got to deal with other kids in the schools and the high schools. You're dealing with a pandemic. You're dealing with a lot. Yeah. And so we have to give these students, these kids, Avenues to speak, and it don't have to just be in front of a therapist. It needs to start in the household. Listen to your children, yes. and not just a oh, not today. I don't feel like it. It been so many days, especially with me finishing grad school. I go up in my room and I close my door. But Megan knocks on my door, Mama. I just need to lay in your bed. Okay, come on. Now my husband, on the other hand, he be like, leave your mama alone. And I tell him all the time, they're not bothering me because it's going to be a time where they're going to need me. And if my door is closed, they're going to go somewhere else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got to have a relationship with your kids. And we, we have to stop looking at these kids, especially nowadays, and say, oh, they're just children. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. even in fifth grade, last year I had kids... I'm going to just say this, and I'm, I'm going to be, I, I, you know I can be unfiltered, but I'm going to say that for my podcast. I'm going to just tell y'all this. Last year, a student, uh, a male student got caught by his mom talking to a female student. Mm-hmm. And the female student had said to the male student on her, on their um, little text, I want you to rearrange my insides. Now, I'm going to let you sit there with that right there. Now, this is fifth grade. So we got to get out of the mindset of that these are just kids. Yes, by age they are, but society and, and, and I, we can't blame it on the movie. I mean the the the, the uh, videos and all that other stuff. Cause where you heard that is yeah, you heard that in somebody in somebody's house. Mm-hmm. How at how you know where you getting that from? I ain't too much hear too much about that on on songs, but you hear some songs like that. You can't turn on Megan and the baby in the car with your kids no more. <laughs> Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like I was listening to the radio today, and it was a station with that new Chloe song, uh, "Have Mercy." Yeah. So you know, YouTube music kind of give you the same genre. So wherever she fell in, they give you the next artist mm-hmm. so after that came Normandy and I was like okay that's not so bad then after that came Megan the Stallion and I was just like every other word it was the P word it was the F word it was the A word it was every and then Megan looked at me and said you can't even listen to now this is my 13 year old she said we can't even listen to the radio together Mm-mm. I said nah I, I had to change the song change the song and every song and these are female artists and all they could talk about was a P and they all they could talk about was they a, and so I, I just turned off the radio. I just put on one of my YouTube shows and listened to like Judge Masters on the way home because <laughs> <laughs> because it was like now me I can listen to it. I'm 37, but my 13 year old is not comfortable listening to it. She ain't no angel by far. I'm not saying I'm pretending that she's not listening to these things when I'm not around, but she sure don't want to listen to it with her mama. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we have to have these conversations. You have to get your kids used to talking to you. You have to get your kids to the point where they're saying, and that's one thing I always say about my mom. Um, she used to always tell me, you know, when you feel like you're ready to start that, having sex and all that other stuff, you know, come talk to me. And parents say they say that. But, like, when you say it, it's like, oh, you just want to be out in these streets. You want to be for everybody. But my mom, I will give her kudos on this. She never did that. 
The moment I thought I was ready, I was like 16 years old. She was like, let's go birth control, okay? And let's talk about sex education. Let's talk about how to properly use a condom. Like, this is my mom. Yeah. And then she was like, you're going to do it eventually. I can't stop you, right? But I can prepare you. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't get the, you're, you're a skank, you're, you're out of your name. You know, I didn't get that conversation. Um, she was like, you, it's your body, and you got to trust to know that this person is worthy of it. And, you know, the day time frame that it was gonna happen, I told my mom, like, hey, I don't I think this may be. And so, you know, she was like, I prepared you as much as I could. Now, anything that happens after this is gonna change your world. So you have to be prepared for that emotionally. Yeah. But we had that co- we had that conversation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I didn't feel like I had to hide that. I actually talked to my mom about that. I, I talked to her beforehand, afterhand as well. Now, because I didn't have to sneak, I know I didn't. I definitely didn't have the desire to just go do it with everybody. You yeah. get what I'm saying? So I think a lot of times people think that when you have these sex education talks with your children, you're giving them the go ahead to do it. Baby, let me tell you now, they don't need your go ahead. They don't need your validation to go do it. They finna go do it. <laughs> they don't need you to validate it. So get out your mind that you're validating your children to grow up. They're doing it behind your backs already. I'm a fifth grade teacher. Yeah. And I call parents all the time. Like, I don't know if you know this, but you might want to check your child's IG account because I just took her phone and she texting somebody. Uh-uh. And it's um it, <laughs> and if it was my child, I would want somebody to tell me. Definitely not rated PG. Exactly. And I'm I'm a fifth grade teacher. So I say that. To say that there's a lot of things that we have to unravel and get out of the habit of. We still need to be real parents, but you need to be the parents that your children can come and talk to. They don't want to be belittled. They don't want to be talked down to. They don't want to be told that everything that they're doing is wrong. They don't want to be told, you know, like when I when I say don't want to be told everything that you're doing is wrong, if it's wrong, it's wrong. Yeah. But I'm talking about every move they make, every every step they take is you can't do nothing right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because in the end, that child grows up to be an adult who still seek the validation and confirmation from their parent, yeah, from their loved one. I wasn't good enough for my mom, so I need to be good enough for my boss. I wasn't good enough for my dad. I need to be good enough for my husband. I wasn't. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he didn't feel I was good enough to stick in my life, so I need to go find somebody who feel like I'm. A lot of it, a lot of the, the bad relationships and the wrong men that we pick is stemming from daddy issues, and we know that, and we still recycle that same mm-hmm. trend. Yeah, I had a student. This year, and I keep using my students so that everybody can understand how real it is. Yeah, I use these kids so y'all can see that you think it's starting at 20 and 16 and 15, but baby, it's starting mm-hmm. at 10, 11, and 12. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, or sometimes earlier than that, but I had a student who barely can read, but sister girl wrote real good on her hand. I love my baby daddy. MJG, I'm gonna just say MJG, right? Because I don't want to say his name. So I, I said, so I asked the class as a whole one day. I said, what's a baby daddy? Oh, it's somebody you have a child with. I said, oh. okay. I said, raise your hand if any of us have kids. Other than Miss Abram. Nobody raised their hand. I said, so why are we writing on ourselves and writing letters and calling people our baby mamas and our baby daddies? I said, furthermore, the goal is not to be somebody's baby mama or somebody's baby daddy. The goal is to one day be somebody's husband or wife. 
and that goal is achievable. And um, one of my students said, well, so my mama says sometimes people don't want to be married. I said, oftentimes when we say that, it's because it don't look like it's an achievable goal. And so we push it off by saying, I don't want to be married. I don't want this no way. I don't want no way. You know why you say that? So when it don't happen, you're not hurt. Yeah. But our children are listening to us. Mm -hmm. Your baby shouldn't be talking about my baby daddy. Huh? That ain't cute. You're in the fifth grade talking about I love my baby daddy with no baby. (laughs) And I had to tell the boys, the goal is not to be somebody's baby daddy. The goal is to one day be somebody's husband. Have a child with a woman and raise that child with that that person and be in your child's life. That's the goal. It is not the goal to have five or six baby mamas. I know the rap music in your neighborhoods make y'all think it's cool and cute, but those parents struggle. And then I had them raise. Raise your hands if you, you see your daddy all the time. Not many hands were raised. I said, so now, let's make sure that we're not that daddy in our child's life. So when you, when you get there, Let's have a different approach. We don't want to be somebody's baby daddy, right? We want to be somebody's husband. We want to raise our families. But if you start allowing the baby daddy, baby mama talk, mm-hmm. then are we ever setting a goal to say, no, I want a family. I want to be in my child's life. I want to be there every step of the way. We're, we're already telling them that's not going to happen. Everybody don't want to be married. Everybody, and so you're telling me everybody just want to have, you know, three and four baby daddies? Is that what you're telling me? You want to be married. The goal just wasn't achieved. Yeah. And I'm not saying marriage is all what it's cracked up to be, but I can tell you that it is great having another person in this house to raise my children with the right person. I ain't, you can't just go get married to everybody. That's true. But the right person and having a helpmate. You know, financially, emotionally, and physically, having somebody say, I'm going to be late picking up Megan. Can you drop her off at dance? I got to go take Rylan to, you know, to the Dodgers. Can you pick up Savannah? Naomi missed the bus. Can you pick? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine if I had to go rip and run five, six, seven different places by myself. I, I couldn't imagine what that life is like. But if I had to do it, could I do it? Absolutely. So I'm not downgrading any single mother out there or any single fathers because there's a lot of single fathers too. Yeah. Okay? There's a lot of women who walk away from their, their their responsibility. A lot. I see it every day. But, but a lot of uh, what we're seeing in our communities with our children, with our generations, is we are dropping the ball by allowing things or not speaking up against things um, because we don't want to be canceled yeah. or told, mind your business. But I, I remember when we had teen pregnancy, you had to go to a different school. Mm-hmm. Now, we're doing gender reveals. Yeah. And and. <laughs> wedding style baby showers Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that you got to be ashamed i'm just saying move the goal sometimes move that mark sometimes yeah stuff happens but now is y'all be talking about the gay agenda but what about the baby agenda Mm -hmm. and i'm not talking about for the moms i'm talking about the 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 teenage dads too you know what i'm saying like she didn't get pregnant by herself 
Everybody think when you talk about teen pregnancy and teen parenthood that you're just talking about the woman or the girl. Mm-hmm. No, we're talking about the boy too because he's not ready to be somebody's daddy. They still be want to play PlayStation 5 or the latest game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. I just think that we, we have to get back to being a whole family again. Um, start dealing with your mental health issues. Um, so that when we're growing the whole child, like as when I'm as a teacher, we are supposed to teach the whole child yeah. and grow the whole child. Now that's what I'm doing eight hours a day at my job. But what are you doing for their entire life? Mm-hmm. my job is to grow your child, but I don't raise them. That's a difference. Yeah, There's twenty yeah. something students per classroom. I can't reach all twenty six. Mm-hmm. You got two or three in your house. I deal with 26 a day and call home and deal with my five. And I'm sorry. I deal with a total of right now. We have a total of 60 fifth graders at my school. 60. So every day I deal with 60 fifth graders and call home and deal with my five. And I still have to grow the whole child. Yeah. And they're all different. There's 65 different personalities. So that way, when you're growing the whole child, they're not seeking validation because they are very well aware of who they are, what they bring to the table. We have these kind the kind of conversations I have with you. I have this with my children. They're teenagers now. Um, and so we're headed to high school. We're already in middle school and that's peer pressure. It's um, if you like me, you will do this. Oh, no, she she like you, but she know who she is, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So if we start fixing those things, the seeking of validation would be more like uh, I added whipped cream to the sweet potato pie, right? Like it's it's there, <laughs> but you know a little pizzazz. Oh, you like you like your little razzle dazzle? Oh, you like what I do? Thank you. I know I'm awesome too. It's not arrogance when you when you're self aware. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So. I just feel like that's what we we have to start, you know, like, because um, I know for me, when it comes down to church, I no longer seek the validation for people to tell me if I'm doing it right. I do it the way I, it's been working for me. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I'm any less woman of God than the next person who sits in church every Sunday, but is the meanest, nastiest witch I've ever seen in my life. Right. What difference do it make? You can see that the front pews, you can run the boards. And um, you can't the, you can't you can't pull this. I'm sorry. You can't pull that in the middle. But you know you can run the boys. You can do everything else. But you the but but you sit on the front pew and you're mean, hateful, and nasty. Unless it's your clique. Yeah. Now if your if it's your clicker. Church folks, you fine. You know what I'm saying? So is that person any more woman of God than me? So it's just, we just have to be careful. We have to be careful with a lot of that. That is so true. Listen, I have truly enjoyed this conversation. And I truly appreciate you for coming on to my podcast <laughs> and having this conversation with me. Sharing your story and just... It was really good. I, I really appreciate you for that. But before we leave, do you have any final words to leave with the kings and queens? Um, 
My final words would be, like I said, like I tell my children, be very self-aware of who you are. Uh, the more self-aware about yourself that of of yourself that you are, you won't have to worry about anybody validating your presence, your being, or anything. Like we don't, you don't have to seek validation to know that you're awesome. Yeah. You know, um, as long as you believe it, as long as you know you have a great heart, a good soul, and that you're never really out to hurt anybody, then accept that. Have that emotional intelligence to to be you. And again, be very self-aware. I know I can be crass sometimes. I'm a very tell-it-like-it-is person. Some people receive it well and some people don't. But at the end of the day, I'm still me. Yeah. But I can tell you about me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not seeking your validation. I'm just warning you about who I am. So don't worry about seeking validation. Just know that you already don't. And if people can't see it, it's not you, it's them. And they're blind. It's their fault. Move around. Period. <laughs> well, keys and queens, there you have it from the mouth of the CEO of Curla. <laughs> the CEO of Pretty Luck. <laughs> the girl boss herself, Keisha Abram. Again, thank you so much. And for thank you for having me. Kicking it with Kay. Of course, Kings and Queens, tune in next week for another episode. And with that being said, we're out.